0: I guess my 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 concern is because they're now third generation of like, you know, every time there's a new console, like we have a new service and start over again. Yeah, I hope their next console is just a continuation of the switch, because if they go to another console and be like, okay, six months in, here you go. Super Mario World. (laughs) No, not again. Not again. (laughs) Don't don't start over again.
1: Oh, man.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we're talking about our favorite music of the year for 2021. I know it's 2022, but hey, this is how we're doing it. So alongside me, uh, joining me today are three co-hosts. So first we have Hilary Andruff.
2: Hi.
0: Longtime music Oh boy. What's the, what's the best word to describe Pat? Music. What? M- maestro. Guru? What? Guru. Oh, I like guru. Guru works. Yeah. Patrick Gann is here.
3: Hey everybody.
0: And last but not least, we have Peter Triesenberg as well. Hello. Peter's
3: here
1: too.
0: Peter is here too. Peter gets Peter, yeah. Peter, the and credit you know? okay, okay. and also starring. That's an important role.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm the, I'm the Angelina Jolie of this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay we're done <laughs> nothing we're gonna say is gonna be better than that um anyway yeah so we're talking about our favorite music of the year um so today's episode is gonna deviate a little bit from the norm because since it's music of the year and such an important thing um we want everyone to be able to bring on a little more music than normal so we're 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 changing the balance a little bit, so there'll be a little bit more music and a little bit less of us, which I think is okay. We, we couldn't, even between the four of us, we're like, we can't choose, like, just eight.
3: Music first.
0: Music first. Yeah. Music first, people second.
3: <laughs> yeah. When you're looking over a whole year's worth of music, I mean, it was already hard enough to limit it, but uh, it's going to be a lot of music on this episode to listen to, and we hope everyone enjoys it and hopefully some of the you know music that you liked from the last year gets some representation here though i suspect we can't please everyone so feel free to throw feedback our way on songs you loved or soundtracks you love that we failed to put into this episode
0: we did not fail anything (laughs) it's just too much to choose from i mean you know several years ago we, we didn't impose any limits on anyone and then we had you know four or five hour uh episodes which were good episodes but boy that's a lot of listening so we didn't <laughs> want to make anyone listen to that
1: so this is the start of an ongoing converse- conversation about good music this year yeah and these are stuff this is stuff we wanted to highlight
0: personally. yeah personally uh also i this is kind of just a little side note but uh i noticed this and it's really a complete coincidence but we we have a list of all the songs that have ever been on the show from the beginning. And it just so happens that as of this episode, we've hit the thousand songs mark since the beginning of the podcast.
3: Nice. Nice. I love that.
0: Yeah. It's very cool. So I, I think if we get really technical, it's somewhere around like if you go in order, it's like the fifth or sixth song of this episode is the thousands song or something. I don't know. Anyway, I think we should talk about music. So What we're doing today, because everyone brought on three songs, instead of doing thematic groups, we're actually just grouping them by person. Um, So our first person today to introduce some songs will be Peter. So what is your music of the year, Peter?
4: Yeah, so my three picks for this episode are, um, first up is End Walker, the 7-inch vinyl single um, by Masayoki Soken, The Primals, and Sam Carter the main theme for final fantasy 14 and walker um village pride from tpr's to the end of the world which is a melancholy tribute to xenogears and battle dot which is the initial battle theme by Ryoka, Ryota Kozuka from Shin Megami Tensei five.
0: All right. Sounds good. I, I've randomly decided that I'm going to switch the order of those around on you. But, oh, okay. <laughs> so we're going to listen to Endwalker, Battle, and Village Pride. So let's go listen to those and come back and talk about them.
4: Yeah, so, um, and Walker, um, I believe the full song on the soundtrack is titled footfalls or at least that's the like fan name for it. Um, no,
0: there's, there's two versions.
4: Oh, there are. Okay. Okay.
0: Footfalls um, is is the trailer version that has the other themes from the other expansions in the song. Right.
4: Okay. Yeah. Whereas this is this is the shorter version that was released as a vinyl single. Um. Both versions are great. I just figured this one was a little more concise. Plus, this was our first um, look at the song because I think this was in the initial teaser trailer. Um. And this song is really good. Um. And one of the things I really love about it actually is that um I I recognize the vocalist um. This is a, a rare cross pollination of my interests because um, Sam Carter is from a band called Architects, which is a British uh, metalcore band that I really, really like. Um, so um, it was, it was, and it took me very much by—it was a very pleasant surprise recognizing that uh, that voice for um, Final Fantasy XIV, um, and it works really well. It's just such an uplifting song. I find like this is just like—it's dramatic. It's. Um, thematically on point um, you know the lyrics talking about like you know like we're going to forge ahead uh, to the end and all that um, very appropriate considering that Endwalker is the end of the main saga of Final Fantasy XIV the one they've been telling for like a decade now um, and of course like Masayuki Soken and the Primals his band like they're no stranger to doing rock and roll stuff so this is just their element um, this is just such a really really intense and awesome song um, I really enjoy it what do you guys think?
1: <laughs> Let me point to that. <laughs> well, someone's
0: gotta go next.
1: I, something that I really appreciate about um, most of Sokin's like rock versions and rock tracks with 14 is just how meticulously constructed they are. And this is definitely in that vein. Just everything feels like it has its place. Um, the way the song builds up, the instrumentation and working the guest vocalist in just absolutely seamlessly. Like I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would need a lot more time than I'm giving myself to talk about how much I like the song and the number of times I've listened to it. <laughs> um, but I like that the song has this kind of quiet strength to it. Like it's it doesn't really. It's about the midpoint where it actually like really kicks in, which you know maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that really works and coincides with the game itself like just the way the story progresses and then there's some stuff that happens in the midpoint and it just builds and builds towards the end Mm -hmm. um you know so the lyrics of the song but even just musically the way it plays out really fits along with endwalker so i just whatever i always think soken is brilliant but this just continues to cement that oh for sure yeah i know he knows his stuff
3: yeah um didn't didn't soken like pass uh, a record for like the most music ever written for a single game like a while back
0: like several years ago he Mm won a guinness world record yeah
3: yeah and he just keeps going (laughs) yeah uh yeah 14's like library of music is insane and token is a genius um i'll i'll just quickly say as as a final fantasy 14 outsider in the sense that like i haven't really played the game much at all and i suspect you guys all have um (laughs) So, like, I don't even know what's going on with Endwalker. I just know the series' music. Um, I really like the the sound and uh, the soundscape that the the primals as a band have made. I think it's more accessible than a lot of the other um, sort of, like, Japanese rock bands that are focused on video game music, like JDK Band or... uh, black mages or other groups like that we're actually going to be looking at another one from my selection soon i miss
0: the black mages It,
3: it gets even more like accessible or sort of like um friendly to what people know of like rock sound in my opinion because of sam carter um so it like steps it up another notch to like um yeah it it almost feels radio friendly and I don't mean that in the bad sense. I mean it in like the like I'd be okay with this winning a Grammy
0: kind of sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, right. It's it's the kind of song that you can introduce to someone who thinks doesn't think video game music is like anything they would be interested oh, in. Oh boy. Yeah, oh, and, that's and then you su- that's then exactly su- what I meant. And yeah. then you surprise them and be like, Guess what this is from?
1: Final
3: Fantasy fourteen.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I and that's that's what I really like about it. It's 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 that good and it's that accessible.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, for sure.
4: Um, my my final plug for this song is um, uh, if you like the lyrics in this song, go listen to Sam Carter's band Architects because they are <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, moving on to the second pick, um, Battle Dot is the um, the first battle theme in Shin Megami Tensei V. Um, it plays during the initial area of the game, like that kind of like post apocalyptic desert environment that. It looks kind of like a microcosm of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne's overworld map. You have, like, skyscrapers jutting out of weird places, like Inception-style, and there are these heavenly spheres all throughout the sky, like the husks of dead planets. And um, everything is just serene and melancholy and um, wind-swept, and you're kind of thrown into the middle of it, and... Um, here to recruit some demons and try to figure out what the heck is going on. I think this song captures that blend of fantasy and technology that Shin Megami Tensei is known for. How it's got the dramatic chorus um, inter- intermixed with like electric guitars and this kind of like high octane energy. Um, and also, it's not in the... Unfortunately, I, I, I couldn't find a rip that included this. But one thing I really like that this game does is that pre-battle, before you um, select any commands, the music is instead the sound of electric guitars tuning up, like a band getting ready. So it's just that, like, hum. Um, And then the song kicks into gear once you pick your first command and start the battle. And I just really, really love that. That's so cool. I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. I don't know if that's just some effect that is sort of post-production in the game, or... Um, will those sort of like pre-battle versions of the music appear on the full soundtrack, which isn't due to release until March of this year? There's right. like a there's a two-disc version that's out in both America and Japan, I think, mm-hmm. but there's like a full I want to say six-disc version coming out in March, so we can hope it'll be on there. That pre-music alongside yeah. the main battle
0: theme. I'm curious, too. It sounds like one of those things, like a lot of people are doing interesting stuff with dynamic music and games these days. Mm-hmm. Well, I say these days, but it's been going for a little while. <laughs> but yeah. I wonder if that's what that is.
1: It's a slightly different way to use it, yeah. yeah. Okay, you haven't made your choice yet, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: So, yeah, I. it's interesting. Listening to it, I could definitely get the sense and could definitely tell that it's was kind of like an an early battle area music which is nice that it sort of has that recognizable signature um and that that chanting really got me like (laughs) a lot of my notes were kind of wondering what was happening in the game like during that interlude if they maybe somehow time that with something
0: yeah i mean is that something that dynamically changes too or no (laughs)
4: uh no it doesn't really do that but um it, it is it um it, it does really suit when, like, the battle finishes and your party, it does, like, this little sweeping shot of your party before it goes to the experience, um, uh, menu. So, in a way, it doesn't, like, change dynamically, but it does kind of fit that, I feel like, where it's, like, that burst of intensity followed by tranquility. Okay. This, uh, um, this, uh, the guy who does the SMT5 soundtrack is, um, Ryota Kozuka, who, um. I believe also did the music for Shin Megami Tensei Four and Four Apocalypse. He, I think he's sort of become the series' Meguro replacement um, now that Meguro has left Atlas, um, and yeah. I think he does a good job. Um, I think he really captures the series' is um, essence with the, his music. Mm-hmm.
3: My suspicion is that even with Meguro leaving Atlas officially, my guess is that um, you know should a Persona Six come by anytime soon, uh-huh. they'll they'll still contract Megaro to be on. I feel like Megaro's really shifted to being very Persona-specific, and Kozuka has sort of taken the lead composition role for, like, mainline SMT.
0: It That's that my Yes, mm-hmm. I, I would... Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. He
1: did also lend a hand with Persona 4 and 5, right? Yeah, yeah
0: I, did, I didn't know him, like, by name, so I, I did look him up, and, he, like, his first credit is is uh, Persona 4.
3: Yeah, he's he's been with Atlas for over a decade, yeah. but he has can increasingly uh had a had a strong presence with the with the SMT franchise and yet he's been lead composer on four and five now so
4: mm-hmm. nice. And um moving on to the final pick, um uh Village Pride. So um in, in general, I could have picked any song from this album because TPR is just excellent. I, I've loved them for years, um, and uh, I, let, I, uh, I tend to use them as background music whenever I'm writing or reading or just doing stuff around the house because it's just very chill. And really, the main thing I like about this song is that Xenogears has excellent music, and Village Pride is sort of the beginning song. It's in the first town, and it's a very peppy, upbeat, like the kind of song you'd expect from a JRPG hometown. Um, And I like how this album really takes that and turns it into a, not a sad song per se, but a much more downbeat, um, tranquil uh, piano tune. Like, I just really, I really love TPR's ability to take these songs and transpose them to a new instrument and give them a new vibe um, without really losing the song's essence.
1: It doesn't matter if the song was originally a battle theme, a happy town theme. doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, it's funny, though. Like, for me, like, I've listened to a lot of TPR. And despite the fact that this is, you know, as usual, a melancholy tribute to a game, um, I don't find this one as somber as a lot of tpr songs like it's definitely more down and tranquil tranquil is a good word for it like you said but i think some of the notes on the piano were still a little bit higher and it still has a little bit of that positivity and energy of the original which was actually surprising to me because i mean obviously i have no problem with tpr but it was not as quote unquote melancholy as i was expecting and i don't know it was, it was a fun surprise
1: it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to make that melody any less upbeat. I think. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah.
0: This is as far down as you can go- take it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that source material just has a brightness to it that you, you can't uh, do away with. You can crush it.
4: <laughs> like, Alright, you're at a six, but I need you at a two. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Village Pride has a light that can't there's, there's a Kingdom Hearts quote, isn't there, Peter? There's got to be something.
4: <laughs> but I know now, without a doubt, that Village Pride is light. <laughs> light. All right, there that, you feels,
0: go. that feels so good.
3: Yeah, um, TPR's been doing stuff for, I want to say, a decade, maybe more. And this um, Zenogears album totally flew under the radar for me. Um, it was only in prepping for this podcast episode that I even um, listened to this album. And... Thinking back to like TPR's early works and comparing it to now, like um, there's a consistency in like the soundscape, uh, but there's there's a clear maturity in the style of arrangement that's um, been building uh, over release to release to release, and this is really surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, and if uh, TPR is going to stick with more like Square Enix releases, like there's there's plenty more to go, and I just want to shout out Do Vagrant Story, Do Vagrant Story.
4: <laughs> oh, no. That'd be yeah, great. I think he's announced that he's either retiring the bit for a little bit or taking a long break, which is understandable because <laughs> he's been doing the same bit for uh mm-hmm. years. Yeah. But um but he also said that, I think he said that about his Mario Galaxy album last year and then he did Xenogears this year. So who knows? Maybe he'll find the inspiration.
1: Well, thank you TPR for all the lovely albums. Yes. And you're absolutely right, Pat. I when I was listening to it, I was thinking back to some of the early Final Fantasy albums and kind of comparing and contrasting. And there's some there's some finesse here. It's really neat to see.
0: All right. I think we're ready to move on to Pat's stuff. If you're ready, Pat. Sure. I picked um,
3: "Besessenheit," which is a German word that means possession, um, which is a song from Saga Frontier 2, originally composed by Masashi Hamutsu. But this is the arrangement uh, by Noryuka Kamakura, done by the band Destiny 8. On the album Destiny Eight Saga Band Arrangement Album Volume Two, uh, after that um, we have a song called Norse Wind from the East Nine Monstrum Nox soundtrack um, by Mitsuo Singa, um, part of the Falcom Sound Team J.D.K. crew, and uh, I also picked Earth or Sky Day Version by Khan Gao, aka Reeves. Uh, from the Imposter Factory original soundtrack.
0: All right. So we're going to go listen. Oh boy. How is it again? Besessenheit.
3: Besessenheit, yeah. Oof.
0: All right. Uh, Height, Norse Wind, and Earth or Sky.
3: Right, So that was an awesome block Or at least I think so Because these are (laughs) my picks Um, First one that comes up um, I have uh, a review Of Volume 1 The first uh, Destiny 8 album They managed to put out two albums uh, In 2021 And in fact in the last year or so There's been more Saga arrange albums Than I can keep track of um, Even though I think I own them all Because I'm a Saga fanatic um and they there's been there's just been so much good stuff happening here um of all the saga music released in the last year though i had to feature this one for two reasons uh one is um the Height is my favorite battle theme from saga frontier 2 and and maybe my favorite battle theme uh like in any saga game and I think this is the first time Square Enix has ever done an official arrangement of it. Uh, it generally gets overlooked for Mishka Gestalt and Todesengel and all of the generic Feldschlacht battle themes um, from Saga Frontier 2. Um, this one just tends to just get passed over, and I think I know why. If you listen to the original soundtrack version, like there's just a lot of stuff going on electronically that's hard to recreate, but uh, Destiny 8 really knocked it out of the park, both maintaining a lot of that source material stuff that's going on uh, and then also just turning it into an incredible rock song. It's um, the sort of synth electronic, almost dancy kind of sound to it uh, mixed in with um, the rock band, which um, features actually Kenji Ito, who composed a lot of Saga music, but um, famously not Saga Frontier 2. That was where Masashi Hamus, who stepped in, um, and Noriyuki Kamakura who's the lead arranger for all of Destiny 8 he's also in the band um, they're the two keyboard players and uh, yeah it's a six person outfit I feel like it should have been an eight person outfit but whatever um, I don't know why the number eight's there if there's only six people but um, whatever this is, this is just an incredible track it's track eight on the album I'm sure sometime after this podcast goes up I will be writing a review for this whole album I do think Volume Two is better than the first volume that they put out, and this song is just indicative of um, the quality of this band's work. And um, they did one live concert um, that was a virtual live concert in in 2021, and I hope they'll get to do live concerts with audiences sometime in the near future because um, I would really like to see that for myself.
0: Yeah, definitely. That that piano in that song is incredible right um i just the whole melody i like um i'm gonna listen with what you said i want to listen to the original now i'm Mm -hmm. curious how and why it's so different but i love the melody the guitar and just again that piano i I can't get over that that's just amazing
1: i could see this being like a crowd favorite at a live concert so i really i really hope they get to perform it for big audiences
4: yeah i love the um there's sort of this interplay between the keyboards and the Mm -hmm. guitars um and then as the song progresses, they sort of blend so the melody just becomes synchronous. And I just, uh, yeah, I was really bopping to this. Yeah. It's so good. The
3: piano basically mimics what the piano was in the OST version. And the guitar lead um, was like a, a string ensemble synth um, in the OST version. And Ooh. then um, there really was no percussion in the original version, so the drums add a, a big... Uh, difference as well um and so i think again as a rock band version of a a very different kind of song um yeah just a really incredible thing going on here and i'm just so glad they picked it again for someone like me who's big on you know hearing all the good music represented in this one has just been passed over time and time again with various saga range albums and um square enix doing like um from other properties albums like the SQ series and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that they've just never done this, and then finally they did. Uh, it was it was very exciting for me. Okay, um, so the next one I picked also a, a high energy track. Um, I think I talked about East Nine last year because the game came out in Japan last year, and the soundtrack came out I think tail end of 2020. Um, so yeah, I, I already had some familiarity with it, but. Um, I used uh, the fact that it came out in 2021 in America as my uh, free pass to pick music from it again. Uh,
0: that, that's part of the rules, you're allowed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, East 9, um, you know, I think anyone who's been following uh, our site and um, my own written work on um, the RPG fan music section uh, knows um, Falcom tends to keep things high quality. Uh, They've been high quality from day one. They very rarely have dips below that, and the E series particularly has just been coming at us with, you know, really powerful rock uh, anthems for both um, sort of intense, peppy environmental themes and then also battle themes. Um, I thought that was really the case with uh, E8, and and I was like, well, they can't step it up from there. Like E8 was an incredible OST. And then they went and stepped it up with East 9. So (laughs) that's how I feel about Northwind as a song. And it's also how I feel about the entire East 9 soundtrack.
1: So it's kind of like representative.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't didn't think, you know, after you say it, I was like, all right, this is like, they've hit peak. Like, they're going to have some downtime for a while. And then they just immediately jumped in with East 9 and kept it going.
4: Yeah, they consistently just put out excellent music. Um, uh, And my, my one note for this uh, song is, Yup, that's Falcon. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> I mean, pretty much, right?
4: Which I don't mean as a dig. Like, I'm not trying to say that, that their music all sounds the same. They have a distinct sound. And um, they're really good at it. Um, What is, out of curiosity, Pat, um, what is that the instrument that they're playing in this song? At around the minute mark, do you know? Um,
0: I'd have to I really check like to specifically... It.
4: Yeah, you don't have to answer it if you don't know off the top of your head. I was just saying, like, I was really interested, like, because that, that, uh, that, uh, when that melody really kicks in, I was just like, oh, that sounds, that sounds interesting. Um,
0: but yeah, it's a really good song. That's I like Sort it of a lot. my note, too. Sometimes, <laughs> Falcom music is like, yes, that is Falcom. Um, I, I think, I think for me, so stay, Falcom. I think for me, sometimes, sometimes when Falcom songs come on here, like, they blur together for me a little bit. Not that they're bad, but, I feel like I need I need to play more of the games and like hear them more in context. Um, I I don't know if this is a, a you know an outdoor adventuring battle based theme. Um, I I imagine it probably is. So, but I like the energy of it. I like the melody. I like the guitar. So it's it's a good choice.
1: Yeah, I like the instrumentation. I like. I mean, maybe I'm used to earlier East games, but I'm kind of used to like guitar and strings. So the piano in this was. Was nice. It yeah. kind of, I think, helped distinguish it a little bit for me.
3: Yeah, I think looking at my list, yeah, uh, going piano heavy—that uh, that might be my thing right now. Uh, <laughs> if you can, if you can work in a, if you can work a piano in, in an inter- interesting way, I, I seem to be drawn to it.
0: But that's not true of your third song, is it?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, the guy who's like ninety percent of his music is essentially <laughs> piano music. Yep. Um. Yeah, so Kangao, uh, I think, um, my heart belongs to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for people who don't necessarily recognize the name Imposter Factory right off the bat, first of all, what's wrong with you, but second of all, uh, it's, it's the next game, and I don't know if it's officially the last game, but it's, it's, like, the end of a trilogy for a series that started with, um, a game called To The Moon, which came out about a decade ago, um, and uh, Kangao wa- was and is just like an indie developer who does it all pretty much on his own. He makes the games, he makes the music. Um, people help with the art assets. He builds his games in RPG Maker, and uh, they're they're very heartfelt and clever stories. And because uh, you know, Kang is is sort of one manning it in the same way Toby Fox does with Undertale and Delta Rune. Um, you can you can really craft your music to exactly what you want for your story beats um and that's what makes the entire imposter factory soundtrack so good it's what makes all the soundtracks so good that and finding paradise and to the moon and there was a side game in there called a bird story which also has a great soundtrack um so uh earth or sky is is very sort of representative of the entire soundtrack um it, it in terms of the narrative progression you first hear it pretty early in the game within about an hour or so of playing and uh you hear it a good deal um there is as the as the parenthetical day version suggests there is also a night version uh, which is also really good um yeah people should just listen to this whole soundtrack i'm actually penning a review of this one as well okay um, and there's, we also have a review of the game up. I think did Bob Richardson do it?
0: Uh, Bob did because Bob adores those games.
3: Yeah, as he should, and as everyone should. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if you if you want to get a take on the whole game, Bob's review of the game is is totally worth reading. And we'll have a soundtrack review up. But yeah, I really like um, as we've noted now, piano centric uh, music and. Tom Gao's been doing that for a very long time, and I'm glad he's—you know—he pushes himself with each soundtrack. There's some really interesting stuff that happens at about the two-thirds mark in the game and in the soundtrack. Um, but he—he's not—you know—he's unapologetic about the fact that you know piano is his main instrument, and he composes and generally keeps to the piano. Then, and uh, I think that's great—you know—do do you know play to your strengths and that's what's going on here.
0: Yeah. I uh, I can't wrap my head around the fact that I haven't played this game yet. I obviously need to reprioritize my life. Um, it, it took me a while to play the first one. Um, in, my, in my head, actually, speaking of Bob, I always, for some reason, think that Bob got me to play it, but it was actually the other way around. I think it was, um, we had a reviewer, uh, a prolific reviewer, I would say, uh, Dave, years ago. I think Dave was the one who reviewed it and got me to play it. And then I somehow... Got Bob to play it, and now Bob's become like the the voice of the site, who's like, these games need to be played. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it eventually, I pl- it, that's that's my thing. I think with so many indie games like Undertale and To the Moon, like eventually I play them and then realize, oh, I should have played this before. Before now. Um,
3: I was like four years late to Undertale. It's okay.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't play till <laughs> the Switch one, so what, three years? Um, but anyway, so so this one, um, I, I really love the soundtrack to To the Moon, and it's very simple in a lot of ways, but I don't mean that in a bad thing. Like, he, he intentionally was going for, like, a, I imagine a minimal, like, soundscape. There's piano, and just some of the main themes in that game just are wonderful, and yeah. But I like... I'm so familiar with the first game's music, and I like listening to this now because I think it's very, very clear. Over the last, you know, ten, eleven years, or whatever, that he's just gotten better. Like it, there's some sounds to this that remind me of songs from To the Moon. Like they're, you know, they make you like contemplate, and they're kind of chill and mellow, but they're more refined. Um, I, like I've definitely noticed a, a progression, and he's just gotten more talented. So.
1: And they still sure pack that emotional punch. Um, oh, yeah.
4: My my
1: first note is: Can I cry to this check? <laughs>
4: yeah, my 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 note. I can't. I can only imagine the context, but I know mm-hmm. I will cry. It's um, true. Because I, I, yeah, I haven't played Imposter Factory yet myself, but I'm really looking forward to doing so. Because yeah, To the Moon is absolutely
1: this is a fantastic. Beautiful combination of storytelling and music
0: that really really hits hard. Yeah.
3: Yeah, those games understand um, how important yeah. that is. All right,
0: are we ready for more?
3: Oh my gosh, who, who's who's going next?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> our, our usual guy who is going to start by saying that he hasn't played two of the three games that he's bringing music on for. <laughs>
2: um,
0: much like I didn't play Imposter Factory, but you know what? Whatever. I don't have time, okay? Um, I haven't technically played the middle game, but I played the original version. Um, so I wanted to be... a uh, I want to try to go a little unexpected with my choices this year because I had some really obvious ones. I I would have gone with Endwalker. I would have gone with um, one of three near albums that came out this year, like two game soundtracks and an arrange album. And so many other things that I did play or otherwise experience. but I wanted to go a little different. Um, So my first one is a song called Deep Lurker from the Ruined King soundtrack that League of Legends... RPG spinoff by oh who is it Airship Syndicate
2: Air- Airship yeah, Syndicate who did the yeah. Battle
0: Chasers game which I hear is really good, um, but uh, the soundtrack is by it is Gareth right Gareth Gareth, Gareth Coker C- yeah. yep. Gareth Coker who did the Ori soundtracks among many other um, it's really good um, so we we'll get to Deep Lurker um, I also brought. Follow phi or fee? We want to call her fee or phi.
3: I always said
4: fee.
1: I always said fee too.
0: Okay. I
4: th- I, th- I think the official pronunciation is
0: phi, but they're wrong. <laughs> okay,
3: <laughs> they're wrong.
0: Okay. Oh, follow <laughs> no. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Titus. No. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm getting off topic here. Let's try this again. Um. So I have Deep Lurker by Gareth Coker from Ruined King, and then. Follow Fi um, or the Spirit's, the spirits Guidance. Um, I I'm, I'm can't really find a good consensus on what the actual title is um, from Zelda A Skyward Sword HD, which only got a soundtrack this year. And then my last pick is Everyday Life by Lena Rain uh, from Moonglow Bay.
3: Yay, Lena Rain.
0: So, Deep Lurker. Um, so, I didn't know anything about this soundtrack uh, musically until putting this episode together. I just I knew it was out there, and I knew who composed it, and I, I went and listened to the entire thing So, I'm like, I feel like this is a good choice just because I like the composer so much. And there's a there's a lot of like really notable songs. Um, I guess I don't know a whole lot about the game. I think Hillary. I think you looked up a little bit more that there is kind of a pirate vibe and pirate theme to it, which yeah, makes sense because there the is. Review. Some, yeah, mm-hmm. there is some, you know, piratey. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm making the this setting. gesture. A piratey setting. No, I meant like the music. Well, that too. Um, so, but yeah. So, Arc? <laughs> I, I didn't only pick it because R- this is the closest I could get to covering Ori on RPG fan. That's true. Uh, but no, like on, on its own, like it's, it's just a, it's a great soundtrack. Um, and I don't know anything about the game. And frankly, I don't know much about league of legends. Cause it just, it's not something I've just ever found myself getting into. Um, but the music for this game is great. The, the, the piratey vibes. And I'm assuming this is a boss fight or at least some other, you know,
1: important battle,
0: big battle or, you know, dramatic moment um yeah it's hard not to, hmm. my notes are supposed to say it's hard not to bop your head but apparently I typed boo <laughs> um,
2: gotta boo your head. gotta boo your
0: head um but yeah I mean it's catchy it's inspiring I just like that like constantly like the music is just constantly like driving you forward um so there, there's several songs that I assume are some kind of boss fight or something and even like the end credit song if it's the end credit song just there's just a really great energy to the music on this soundtrack. So whether you played the game or not, I would recommend checking it out.
1: Alright, I'm gonna go on a rent, like a little bit of a rant for a minute. Okay. You know what's really good driving music? Pirate music, sea shanty, stuff like that. It's so good. It's so good for action sequences and things like that. You know what I want more of in games is pirate music. So I was really, really excited to hear this. Okay, good. And I I love the way that the composer kinda combined that that feel and that more traditional instrumentation and kind of see Shanty with his signature percussion and long sweeping notes like you get in Ori. Like it was a really cool combination of the two. I enjoyed it a lot.
4: Yeah, it's funny that this came that this game came out like right after I played Darksiders Genesis for review, because it's the same developer, Airship Syndicate, and it's the same composer, Gareth Coker. Um and coker, I think, is a really, really talented composer. I mean, just listening to Ori, um, especially. But he's got this really cinematic um, uh, quality to his music that I appreciate. And this music sounds like something out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it's got the same... It's got the same tune as, like, I feel like almost that initial sword fight between Will and Jack in uh, the beginning of the first movie. Um, very, um, it's, it's very, uh, god, I don't even know how to describe it. There's, like, this back and forth to it. That also that also kind of works for a game with turn-based combat.
1: Is it my turn? Oh, it's their turn.
3: I, I, I'm gonna say, yeah, I, I honor and respect that one of the key reasons this is in our Music of the Year is because um, the Ori games are so good, and the music's so good, and we don't cover them on RPG Fan, that through association of uh, the name alone and the composer's um, credibility, we are now listening to the soundtrack. And I've actually been following Coker for some time. I'd have to go look. I think the soundtrack was called In Momentum, was the first thing I had listened to by him, um, and that goes back again, probably about a decade. Um, yeah, he's he's a very talented composer, and most people know him because of Ori. Um, I had forgotten about um, his work on the game that you had mentioned, Peter. But um, he is something of a powerhouse, just in terms of like output. He can he can put out a great. A deal of good work he's gone from sort of indie-ish to like really being on the main scene and I, I dig his music i dig his vibes he's he's clearly uh talented and capable of of doing a lot with uh the tools of the trade and uh finally i will also say pirate music we need more of this.
4: <laughs> as long as I'm giving, as long as I'm giving band recommendations, everyone go listen to a, a pirate metal band called ale storm. Oh <laughs> they're, yeah. They're very, that, very funny. They're
0: oh, really- okay. Yay. That sounds good.
3: Pirate metal is where it's at.
0: I'm also going to have to check out dark siders Genesis. Cause yeah. I didn't realize he did that soundtrack.
3: Yeah. And it's a, it's a good soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have no doubt. <laughs> All right. Are we going to just keep talking about pirate metal now? Yeah, we, we, we could, but we should probably move on. <laughs> yeah, um, are there pirates in Skyward Sword? No, this is not, not the right. I, no, there Sky is there's a, there's the,
4: there's, there's, the, there's, the, there's the there's the whole dungeon with the sand ship, and you fight a pirate captain.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, our... see transition. Yeah, I forgot about that boss. That was actually a really cool boss fight.
4: Yeah, I, that's that's like my favorite dungeon in the game. Like full yeah. stop. Um,
0: as you can tell, I haven't played Skyward Sword since when did it release? Twenty ten. Um.
1: Over a decade,
0: <laughs> a long time ago. Um, as as Pat, as we mentioned a little bit, and Pat mentioned it like off the air. But uh, you know, Skyward Sword came out in this weird period where Nintendo wasn't releasing soundtracks. Like Twilight Princess did not get a soundtrack release. Um, Skyward Sword didn't. Twilight Princess eventually got a soundtrack release when the HD version came out on the Wii U. Which, please, by the way, port that and Wind Waker to Switch. Please. But thankfully, Skyward Sword got its HD release this year, and for the first time, it got this huge, giant soundtrack box. so
3: Is it like five discs?
0: I think so. Like, I don't, yeah, I think don't.
3: It's a five CD.
0: I don't physically have it, but in the pictures, it looks like it's about the same size as the Breath of the Wild soundtrack box, which is also gigantic. So, yeah, so I'm really happy about that. Um, so this is one of one of Fi's themes, and you know, we don't need to talk about Phi too much, but I, I think anyone who's played Skyward Sword knows that she's as a character and a concept like, I love her, like, I think it's a great idea, I love how they did it the problem is the gameplay aspect and in the original version, how much like, just tutorials through the whole game, like, everything you do she's like, hey, do you want to know about this? and it's like, no, I, I already get it I do understand that a red rupee is worth twenty. Um, I'm, I'm I'm glad they toned that down. Like I really need to play the HD one because I feel like I would appreciate her more um, because you don't have that because she's if you cut out the the condescending nature of her assuming you know nothing about the game after 40 hours um i'm sure she's way more interesting
1: we don't know the value of your own currency as an adult so
0: basically,
4: basically all i'm getting is that fee was ahead of the cryptocurrency boom oh god master, master there is an 84% chance that, no no not gonna do it not gonna do it
0: oh wow i forgot about that yeah oh um anyway outside of all of that i love her theme like her theme is just
1: she has a beautiful theme
0: lovely and like the original theme and then this this other take on it Um, and given, you know, given the importance of wind instruments in many, many Zelda games, Mm -hmm. all the Zelda games, I mean, it started back in the first one, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think it's great that that's the star, you know, of this track and of this theme. Um, It's just beautiful. And it it has this like mysterious vibe, which of course Mm -hmm. works with, you know, who she is as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't know. that was it. I talked too much about her and less about the wind instrument and how it yes. sounds, but I'm sure other people have <laughs> notes on the song. But beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. It, yeah, I love it.
4: It is. No, so like, I mean, actually, it's it's funny that you point that out because I also haven't played Skyward Sword in a very long time. Um, I have the HD release, but I haven't played it yet. Um, but um this song has been stuck in my head ever since I played it. Like it still pops up in my brain every mm-hmm. so often. Like I remember this tune. Um, I just didn't really have a a name for it. And it's like, yeah, this song is, that wind instrument is so classically Zelda. It's just got sort of that wistfulness to it um, that really suits like the 3D Zeldas, the kind of stuff, music that you were seeing at nighttime, especially in Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. And even Breath of the Wild's piano music, it's like um, they've got a certain um, atmosphere for those kinds of songs. And yeah, this song really reflects that. I really like it a lot.
1: Yeah, it's expansive. It's airy. I think I also wrote this version of the theme. Almost makes me want to follow Fi.
3: (laughs) (laughs) For the first time ever, (laughs) I think I'll follow Fi. Yes. I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that I found interesting about the Zelda franchise, and I've been pondering this for the better part of Decades is after uh, Koji Kondo had uh, started to step away from doing the lion's share of composition uh, with the Zelda franchise, um, again, doing some main themes here and there. But, you know, I I was always wondering was there going to be one person to step in? My sense is um, for a long time there, it was just a lot of uh, um, group based composition. Like they'd get, get together teams of three or four people and just, all right. We're going to hammer out this music. And uh, I didn't know if it would work or not. And um, being able to study the music more easily now that there are official soundtracks out, um, I felt like, on, on the whole, the Skyward Sword soundtrack is better than I remember it from playing it in-game. And um, what's interesting is that even though there's more than one person working on these games, the fact that they managed... To, to pull together some semblance of cohesion. I always find that really amazing when you can do that with more than two composers. And uh, th- that's sort of my like general take on Skyward Sword. And I would say for the Fi music, like like I don't know who Takashihama is. I, I don't know the name. I don't know other works. Uh, but it's like the Skyward Sword people who wrote the music did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed!
0: Um, Alright, so... Moonglow Bay. Um, we have this, uh, I don't know if it was me or Hillary at some point several weeks ago, accidentally like pronounced the game. Oh no,
1: it was me. I was tired or something and yeah, mincing words.
0: Yes. So it's, I have to really stop and make sure I say Moonglow Bay and not Moongo Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, not not to out out the thing. That's here. okay.
4: My favorite film character, Jane Bond's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, anyway, so I I really this is maybe the first album that I knew I wanted on this episode, but I had a really hard time picking the song because I think the soundtrack to this game, and and of course I have not played the game, um, but I like the, the, the vibe of it and the feel of it and the atmosphere that all of Lena's music portrays here. And I like that it's laid back and I've listened to it, the whole soundtrack a lot. And I think what I like about it is how cohesive it is and how relaxing it is. And, It just, it really lends itself well to just like listening through. And, you know, again, it's good writing music or you know whatever you want to do. Um, Unfortunately, when I started listening to try to pick a song for this episode, I had a hard time narrowing down like one song that represented it because I feel like it really works, you know, listening to it as a whole. Um, So I do love this song. I I like Everyday Life. I think it is a good representation of the soundtrack. But I think really what I'm what I'm pitching here for music of the year is really this whole soundtrack. Like it it works. You need to listen to all of it together. Is is my take on it. So, but it's just it's just beautiful. And if the game does carry through and fit the vibe of this, which I would hope it would be, like it's a you know relaxing like fishing game and you know kind of slice of life kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think I will like the game too. But. It's yeah. It's got a good vibe going on.
4: It does, and I I really like um, the twangy guitar um, they've got going here. It's very folksy and kind of gives it an authentic feel. Um, and I just like how the song kind of soars as it progresses. Um, yeah, and like you say, if, if if the context is really necessary to appreciate it, I'm more than happy to give this album a listen because I really liked this little sampling you gave me.
1: It's interesting that you chose this one as representative, I think, because I think it was one of the ones for me listening to the soundtrack that's a little bit different. And I think it's because of that instrumentation and that really nice guitar. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of Lena, I think of kind of like a chilly, electronic, very peaceful Vibe but a little bit cooler, I would describe in tone, and this one's a little warmer. Um, but I, I, I love it when, when Lena, Lena does that and has like acoustic guitar. I, I like those, those tracks mm-hmm. and the soundtrack. I think that makes it a standout.
3: Yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, Twangy acoustic guitar was a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, it's easy when, when you're like following video game music composers for a long time, it's easy to, Mentally pigeonhole, and I think exactly what you described about Lena. You know, and people may specifically cite Celeste. There's a lot of other work she's done um, before and after, um, but she's probably most famous for Celeste, I think. Um, and it's it's easy to go, okay, well, this is this is what Lena does. This is her sound, um, and yeah, this particular track is just like, oh no, she can do she can do sort of a lifelike. A little like esoteric acoustic sound, folksy sound, just fine. Um, it's it's a friendly reminder, and when it's enjoyable, all the more uh, good. And this, I thought, everyday life is a nice, enjoyable track.
0: Um, just a random random plug for other Lena soundtracks. Uh, Chicory was another one she released last year. Mm-hmm. Something that we we ultimately decided doesn't really fit our coverage, but um, also really good soundtrack really cute game
1: to. really good soundtrack
3: yes yeah <laughs> i think there was a did agdq do a speed run of that i think oh I think did they, they did oh that'd be cool i think that was one of the things they ran this this past week um we're recording this like at the tail end of agdq which was like wildly fun to watch if no one else watched it i loved it
0: i didn't yet but i wanna i heard there was a, a few things that are probably in my wheelhouse
3: <laughs> there were like 10 runs that were very fun and exciting to meet. The Final Fantasy thirteen run actually is incredible, but sorry. It's on huh. side.
0: All right. We are here at our last block. Woo-hoo. Yay, Hillary. Thank you. Yeah. Yay,
1: encouragement. Um, should I just go right into my introductions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Do it. All right. So for my block, I think I picked some things that sort of have a similar tone, um, but I picked Forest Kingdom, and, um, it's the arranged version by Rosen and Revan from Near Become as Gods. And then the Sky Temple from Actraiser Renaissance. And then Harmonious, which is from what might be like a slightly less well-known game this year called Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights.
0: All right. Good choices. I don't really know why I do my usual thing of like recapping the songs when you just did it. But yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I just feel like I need to. So yes, let's go listen to Forest Kingdom, Sky Temple and Harmonious.
1: Ending on a harmonious note. Yes. Except the bonus track.
0: Except the bonus track. It's also harmonious, but it we'll is. get there. <laughs>
1: So we're back with Forest Kingdom. Um, So it's no secret. uh, The Automata soundtrack is beloved. It's been arranged a lot. It's really, really great. And this album is also great. Uh, It's some arranged music from it. But I picked this particular song because the original in Automata, it's one of the few that really creates an atmosphere as opposed to being just very, very memorable. Um, But I think this version of Forest Kingdom creates an atmosphere that's so grand and so easy to get lost in that I'm not going to forget it. Um, And I love how the percussion, the instruments and the vocals, they all come together. They interplay, they mingle and they transition from being noticeable to not. And it all just works very well together. And another cool thing about it is that um, the arrangers worked remotely with the musicians on this, uh, which I think is just really, really cool that they were able to do that.
3: Yeah. I, I seem to recall, uh, some guy did a review of this one and he did a really good job with the review. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and part of the reason he was able to was cause, uh, uh, we had a really good interview on the site. Um, and also, uh, Rosen and Revan did this live stream, uh, like release party yes. for the album. And, uh, that's, um, Archived on YouTube. Anyone can watch it anytime. It's really good. If you want to learn more about um, this work, Rosen's uh, discography is is really incredible in my opinion. Um, but um, the two n- near albums that they've done, um, "Glory to Mankind" and "Become as Gods," to me are just like some of the best um, out there. It's it's equivalent to the official stuff that Square Enix publishes to me. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's mm-hmm. just as good. Every bit is good, and um, in I remember Forest Kingdom. They they stated that um, this sort of became their surprise favorite. On on like when they were working on it, they didn't even realize they would come to like it as much as they did. And I think they had specified in the commentary that um, there's essentially like four different parts that come together on this. You had talked about them working remotely, and I think it it was Rosen who said like. You could listen to any one of these four separate parts and it would and it would sound like awesome like as an arrangement and then you put them all together and it's just like bam like better than the sum of its parts like Mm -hmm. forest kingdom is like um the whole album is good but forest kingdom has sort of like stepped out as like something sort of way bigger than anyone would have expected it to be at least that's how i felt about it and apparently that's how rosen felt about it in his own commentary But yeah, sorry about being like annoying and cryptic. Everyone that's on this podcast with me knows I wrote uh, a review of this album. (laughs) Yes,
4: yes. (laughs) Oh no, I I wouldn't have guessed. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah.
3: It was. uh, I hadn't written. I hadn't written a review in uh, way too long, months, maybe close to a year. And this album actually liked... like I had a a a very chunky wall of writer's block, and this album just bowled down my writer's block. I've been able. I've been able to really focus on game music better, I think, as a result of not just this music, but the commentary that Rosen and Revan did in their live stream. So, huge thanks to them for that. Not just for making the music, but for it being able to speak so eloquently and thoughtfully about about their own work as arrangers and performers.
0: Man, that whole time you were talking, I was so worried you were going to steal all of my notes, because we <laughs> we also watched that that live stream, and I'm like, that was... I forgot that part. I didn't talk about the I wasn't going to the talk about the part. four different parts, but that was really, really fascinating. Um, but what I recall, and you know, maybe if you remember more better than I do, because I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, Rosen said something about how he doesn't, he didn't really love this song. Like the original one is like one of his maybe least favorites on the soundtrack, and he wasn't sure even sure about arranging it. Um So it was kind of like a well, I, you know, I, I guess we'll do this, but he wasn't really excited about it until he got into it, and then it just became this standout. And I, I think he said it's like now one of his favorites, or at least on this album here, um, which I think is really a really notable transformation. Like once he started working on just how his perspective changed on it
3: yeah and you know thinking about it i could be wrong about this i'd have to fact check it but i don't think any of the orchestral stuff has covered like any of the official near orchestra stuff touched forest kingdom i could be wrong maybe one of them did lord knows there's been like four blu-rays but (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i'm not sure that they have and i think yeah given the source material there's so much more interesting stuff to do on the automata ost why would why would you pick this song? And I think mm-hmm. taking it on as a challenge, and and then making it into something this good is, you know, it's very indicative of, of their talent.
4: That's 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 a great way to put it. Because like my note for this is, I, I really appreciate how full bodied this arrangement is, and um, you know, near already has a very rich soundscape. But this is able to take a song that is pretty. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like low key on the soundtrack, but it really like takes that and adds like that extra layer to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I don't, I don't own every near album, but I do have almost 300 songs um, oh in in my uh, formerly known as iTunes app. And <laughs> you are right; uh, the only Forest Kingdom. That at least I have is the original OST. And, and this version. That's yeah. amazing. I didn't actually realize that.
3: I'm I'm amazed that that just off the top of my head. It could be on one of the Blu-ray performances. That wouldn't be in your library per se, but other than that, uh yeah. yeah. I knew that it wasn't on any of the like arranged CDs that was out there. Yeah. So go Rosen. Yay and Revan. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I mean that basically explains exactly why I wanted to spotlight it. Yeah. So Yay.
3: Good choice, Hillary. Thank
1: you. All right. So, moving on to Musikoshiro and Actraiser, which is a beloved, also a beloved soundtrack by me. Um, it's had a lot of love recently. Um, Leo Records did a release of the OST and some of the symphonic work that's been done on Actraiser before recently. And someone, someone reviewed that. That was you. And. Yeah, hit me. Um, <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> Yay!
1: Um, but, yeah, just I love this soundtrack. It's a weird mix of action and kind of contemplative. Um, and one of the most notable things about it is Koshua really pushed the Super Nintendo to its limits sonically to try and get an orchestral sound for the original game, you know, with different instruments. Um, and so with, with Renaissance, um, he kind of had an opportunity to go back and enhance that and kind of show what that sounds like with more you know greater capacity for different instruments
0: without those restrictions without those restrictions
1: exactly so sky palace i think benefited benefited from that a lot which is why i picked this particular track um it's like full organ very grand sound i think i described it as like full organ pretty much baroque epicness um i love the the, uh the softer section that got added if i'm not mistaken for renaissance after the organ because i think that just really elevates this and kind of makes it sound like a, a full classical piece with different movements that still sounds very mysterious and grand and a little bit more ethereal so, yeah, I like it a lot. It makes it sound more like a sky palace, like you're floating above everything.
4: Yeah, my my, my singular note for this song is, oh yeah, pipe organ. <laughs> um, which I think about sums it up, if I'm being honest here.
0: <laughs> um, this, this really takes me back. Like, I almost wish for our, our Games of the Year feature, we had a, a biggest surprise because, like, suddenly giving us a remake of this game this year, I don't think anyone was expecting.
4: No, absolutely not.
0: And then you know, all the new music and, but um, hearing this song, I mean, any of the music, but like we're here to talk about Sky Temple today, but, or Sky Palace. Um, but like hearing this song from like decades ago in this more orchestrated style, just uh, it's just, I really liked it. Um, it really emphasizes the, uh, like what you're doing in the game, like, like literally flying around the world in a, in a Sky Palace as a God, demigod, whatever you are with your, your little angel buddy. Um, I don't know. It, it, it really, it's watching over everything <laughs> yeah i don't know i uh i feel like the the kind of like the majesticness or however we want to describe it uh i think all of that really actually did come through in the original game as best as you could do on super nintendo um it, it's one of those ones where i actually went back quickly and listened to the original one because i, I think it's one of those cases where you know you've listened to a song and decades later it, in your head maybe it sometimes it sounds different or like, to me, hearing this song now is maybe how I remember the original. It's like I had to go back and listen to compare. It's like, oh, no, no, it's it's completely different. Way more, you know, a richer and fuller sound. But I, I I just imagine this is maybe what he originally wanted to do with it and the, you know, the intent of the original song.
1: And it is cool to go back and see, like, how much he hit the mark getting yes. that sound or at least an approximation of the sound so that we could really fill it in with our minds and imagine that lush orchestral sound. Exactly. Yeah.
3: It's interesting that you talked about the like pushing the Super Nintendo to its limits because it's a very early Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was early in, in the console's uh, lifespan and there were different ways that from like a sound programming perspective, they were able to push the The console further and further as the years went on, all the way till they got to like the compressed vocals of Tales of Fantasia. Right. Yeah. Um, But uh, even for what was it, 91 or 92 release, like um, there is some obvious um, pushing of the technology as as far as string ensembles go, um, getting more depth to it so it didn't sound too like grainy or Mm -hmm. ultra compressed. Um, And yeah, I think. The original version was always impressive to me. And I always forget about Sky Temple, like from a <laughs> gameplay perspective. Like, there's, you don't have a lot of reason to spend time in the, the like sort of menu area where that occurs, mm-hmm. that music plays. Um, but uh, it the song really, even so, is still very, um, very representative of, of sort of the majesty of the whole game and the, the Renaissance. OST is is really fun and really awesome in all respects. I think Sky Temple had a lot to gain from having yep. a more life-like <laughs> sure did. Pipe, pipe organ. That was probably, like, if you compare that to, like, Fillmore or, like, um, what's the first song in Northwall? Like, the really pretty snow one. Mm. Like, is you look it, at that in the Super Nintendo, is it? it might be. Um, if you look at those in the SNES original version it's like oh yeah like those those really hold up I thought Sky Temple in the old Super Nintendo one w- was like the only one that like uh, yeah it's good but I uh, I'll, I can take a pass but in Renaissance it feels it feels very fitting
2: mm-hmm.
3: it, um, also reminds me of of some of the more I dare say like churchy or cathedral-esque tracks from the Etrian Odyssey franchise which is a Koshiro. Ah yep
0: mm, okay yeah
3: so um <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have to say about that.
1: Okay, I'm gonna end with a question on that one. Why? Why is all the quintet heaven music so foreboding?
3: <laughs> well, if you know, I think we know if you if you follow the plot lines to those games, I think we all we know the answer.
0: Well,
1: yeah, I just wanted to playfully say that.
0: But I bet a lot of people listening and playing games today don't know because those games are hard to come by and have never been re released. Terranigma. Oh, I
1: know. Yeah, that's that, That's really the one where that comes into play. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, we're winding things down a little. My last track is Harmonious from Ender Lilies, which is a game I haven't played. I, I have passing familiarity with it. Um, my interest was piqued because it got compared to Valkyrie Profile um, and because just visually it's really pretty. So I started listening to the music, and this track just really stood out to me because of how well it kind of matched the themes and the visuals. It's a very, very kind of dark atmosphere, lots of violence. And um, the main main character is supposed to be kind of mysterious and kind of like a a point of light in that environment. And I think this song kind of captured that pretty well, but it's still still quite haunting. Like it's got charm, but you also get kind of a sense of finality or fleetingness to it. Um, It also kind of, it just gave me some haunting Ghibli vibes. which I liked. And I like the use of vocals. Like it was a little bit surprising, a little bit, you know, when I, when I think of like RPG tracks where there's humming, you think of it just as kind of like straight melody, kind of pretty cute humming. And they, they use that a little bit differently here. So I liked it. I wanted to spotlight it.
4: Yeah, the humming and the breathing really adds character. Like, again, I don't know the context uh, for this song because really uh, this is the first I've heard of the game. But, um, I really, it, I, it is a very, very intriguing choice.
3: I'm glad, you noted you noted the breathing, mm-hmm. Peter. Um, that was like, I had that in caps in my notes, um, that it isn't just humming. You can, yep. you can hear the sighing or the exhaling. And that's like, um, that makes me think of more clever use of vocals. Um, like some, uh, there's a handful of tracks in like, um, some of the PS2 generation Atelier games and Artinellico that did this, but for the most part, I, you know, it's it's hard to use it to, to do it effectively. I think the Valkyrie profile-esque vibe of this game makes it absolutely fitting. Um, and I too haven't played the game and now I'm very much wanting to play it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And another, I think another notable thing about the track is the way it uses silence. Um, mm. Silence is pretty prominent in this song. There are some interesting spacing mm-hmm. and, well, room to breathe. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I knew about the game um, and saw a little bit of it, but it, it was more on my radar because uh, we're actually recording this the day after our Games of the Year feature went up, and uh, in our individual awards, Dez like wrote a whole thing about this game and compared it very clearly to Valkyrie Profile and how it's like helping ease the the fact that we don't have a third game or well a fourth game yet in the, in the series. It um,
1: isn't a weird spin up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, now now it's on my radar more because i i have a very I have very strong feelings about that. The first Valkyrie Profile, Um but anyway, in, in for this song, the the music I like the first I don't know I think it's about the first half or so like the music and then the voice and the breathing and all that I feel like it trades off between them it's almost like they're having a conversation with each other and then as the song progresses they they come together in more of a harmony um, at least that's how I heard it so I, I thought that was that was a really interesting way of putting this together and it just. I think the best way I can describe this, and from what I've seen in the game in general, is uh, just the phrase hauntingly beautiful. So I I think this was a great choice. I'm going to listen to more of the soundtrack now, too. I
1: kind of picture this as like Hell's Moving Castle. If the war had actually happened and destroyed everything and there was one person who was trying to rebuild and was hopeful. (laughs) Maybe something like that. I don't know. I feel that. (laughs)
0: Hmm. Hey, if you really get into it, like your songs do, have more in common. At least the games, thematically. If that's if that's the idea behind this <laughs> Destroy game, Destroy
1: everything and rebuild it. Um, well, I mean, you
0: know, I'm not going to oh talk geez. spoilers. Spoilers wow. on Automata, but you know, some stuff happens in that game.
1: Ooh, well, yeah. that was not intentional. But I guess that's the mood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a mood. Zach will be very pleased. It's also very act so it does fit. Yep. Very- yeah. Mm-hmm. All
3: right. You go to each continent. You you use. Uh, like natural disasters to clear fields and then you kill <laughs> demons and then civilization can pop up. All right. Yes.
1: Or if you're or if you're horrible like a friend of mine in Colorado, you bug your villagers with natural disasters. <laughs>
0: You'll rebuild, that's fine. Have some more lightning <sighs> All right. We're just about the end of our our time here, so I think that was a really fun collection of music yeah so let me uh yeah, it was fine. let me run through our our wrap up here and then of course we have a bonus song so we'll have a one more one more good song from this year at the end um so thank you all for being here this was our music of the year podcast um it will be going up on the site probably before the rest of our music of the year feature but please do look forward to that too on rpg fan um for a rhythm encounter in the next few weeks, um, our next episode is going to land exactly on Valentine's Day, so we thought we would do an episode about like love themes or romance themes. So that's going to be a, a fun thing to talk about, I think. Um, and then at the end of the month, we haven't done a composer episode in quite a while, so at the end of February, we're going to have an episode on Kumi Tanioka. Yay! Um, speaking of uh, <laughs> great piano players, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And I know I've said we're doing this episode before, but I'm almost sure ap- after that we're doing a, a episode on the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, depending on when Final Fantasy VI comes out.
1: Today is going to be announced that it got pushed back again.
0: No. <laughs> I know. I know. The last time I mentioned that, like it was after we recorded, of. it was announced that they moved the release date back. But they said they said next month. So <laughs> if it comes out next month, we can do an episode the month after that. So that's the plan um so if you have thoughts on this if you want to share you know some of your music of the year ideas with us um i'm going to give a a quick shout out i'm not going to talk about everything but i do want to give a shout out to um our listener Mohammed, who tends to email us and give us suggestions and feedback. So I did read your email. I will reply to you probably before you hear this, but thank you for that.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed West of Loathing music.
0: (laughs) Yes. So thank you. But if you you also want to email us and let us know what you think, uh, you can get, reach us at music at rpgfan.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, If you want to see the, you know, the track list for everything on this episode is on RPG Fan. It's in your podcast app. If you go to the post on RPG Fan, you can find links to like places to buy and listen to all of these albums. So please check that out. Um, if you want to get in touch with me personally, uh, you can reach me at mike at rpgfan.com. And then we're going to go through uh, Hillary. How can people reach you?
1: Um, I am EP Fire on Discord, and I will be checking that regularly. And I'd love to. Hear your thoughts on music of the year or game music in general
0: and
3: pat i'm pretty active on twitter my uh handle is gamadactyl it's like pterodactyl but with a game up front um that's really the best way to get in touch with me
0: all right and peter
4: um as always you can find me at i have fury on twitter you're also able to email me peter t at rpg awesome
0: so if you enjoyed this episode um Make sure you also check out rpg fans other podcasts we have random encounter that comes out every other monday um that's our general show and hmm, i think this comes out after games of the year so i think our most recent episode of random encounter would be our games of the year episode so check that out Um, we also have retro encounter which comes out every thursday that's about retro games and game journals and you know other stuff in the meantime like our most recent episode, which had nothing to do with RPGs at all. <laughs> but if you want to hear people talking about Hollow Knight, check that episode out too. So, if you enjoyed this, you know we would appreciate if you could, you know, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know, any of that support there goes a long way, and you know, just helps us, you know, reach more ears. So, and that's about it. Uh, so, Pat, you have a bonus track for us today.
3: Yeah, um, this is uh, a song called A Truth Revealed, um, based on the song that I think the old translation was just called The Truth um, from Vagrant Story, which I was uh, shouting about for TPR to do an arrangement way earlier in the show. This arrangement is by uh, Josh Barron and the Ethereal Strings Project on their uh, new album, Kaleidoscope, which um, is um, a focus on... Two composers, Masashi hamasu and Hitoshi Sakimoto, this being a Sakimoto track. Um, so I think by the time this podcast episode is up, there will also be a review of Kaleidoscope up, Kaleidoscope up so you can read more about the whole album. But this track from Vagrant Story is another one that uh, I was sorely tempted to fit in my three songs for... Uh, music of the year but since i got to (laughs) throw in a fourth one for bonus track it's definitely it's gotta be this one and i what did you say about being hauntingly beautiful on that track harmonious i i think y'all are going to hear it in the bonus track this is another hauntingly beautiful one
1: and thank you for bringing that album on because yeah it deserves a
3: mention
0: (laughs) oh yeah absolutely all right sorry what was the track name again
3: uh truth revealed cool from vagrant story
0: all right we're gonna go out with truth Revealed from Vagrant Story slash Kaleidoscope. Um, So again, everyone, thank you for listening. And all three of you, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you.
2: Yay. Yay!
4: get down oh hey luna if you hear her meow if you you may have heard her meow in the microphone for a second earlier i'm sorry i was trying to oh off no. the table i, did,
0: I didn't hear <laughs> okay her. i'm sorry luna if we don't have any lunar music for you today she's like it's okay i will forgive you this time
2: just once
0: just <laughs> once